Hey there, believers. I wanted to invite you to check out BraxtonWV.org forward slash bump to see what West Virginia has to offer. Whether you're just passing through the mountain state or if you're looking for high strangeness and adventure, home of the Flatwoods Monster Sighting and the museum, there's plenty of fun to be had. There are links to get info on Braxy, Bigfoot, UFOs, and even ghost tours. If you want outdoor adventure, click the link to the lakes and rivers and camping. Or if you're looking for a nice, relaxing, unhaunted night's sleep, you don't have to stay at the Elk Hostel. Check in at the Elk River Hotel and Cafe, or even at the Days Inn and Suites. Whatever you're looking for, find it on BraxtonWV.org forward slash bump, that's B-U-M-P, and center yourself here. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I got another great episode for you this week. This time we're bringing on Patricia. And she reached out to me on the website on thebumppodcast.com and uh, the holler at me section. It feeds straight to my email, so I'll make sure I get it. Um, she wanted to talk about her personal experiences that she's had as being an empath, also with some abilities that she's uh noticed that she's that she has uh, of being clairaudient and clairsentient. I'm not really sure um, if I've ever talked to someone who's had uh, a clairsentient ability. So I'm really interested to see what that what that's all about. Um, she also talked about growing up in a, a very haunted home. And she's had um, a myriad of experiences as far as the paranormal goes. So I'm really excited to talk to her. And we're going to go ahead and uh, bring her on right now. Oh, yeah. And don't adjust your screens or uh, try to clean up your phone. I shaved. I don't know how well you all have kept up. But I had a nice, beautiful, big beard. And it finally got on my wife's nerves to the point where I shaved. But it's coming back. It'll grow back. Um, it's amazing how half of my students didn't even notice. <laughs> it just shows how observant. 
you know, people can be. So those students that are listening and did notice, thank you. Thank you for noticing. Uh, for the students that decided to have fun and make memes of me uh, in a face-to-face -face comparison with Walter White from Breaking Bad, um, thank you. You're very witty and you have failed um, your program. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm just I'm just waiting for uh, Patricia to get on here. Uh, I'm just feeling really good this week. Uh, I, I look forward to this. We've got a great lineup of guests uh, coming down the pike. You guys are going to really enjoy this. Season four is going to be probably the biggest one we've had yet. So just stay tuned and hang in there with us. All right. Well, I am Trish. Thank you for having me on, Bo. Uh, I guess on. I'll just start. Sorry, I'll start chronologically just because it seems to be a little bit easier. Um, I think there are haunted places and haunted people, and I think I'm a little bit of both. Uh, so basically, all of the places that I've lived, I've had experiences starting from when I was a, a really young child uh, up to the present day. Um, first place that I lived... Uh, up until I was about nine, there was a, a lot of stuff that happened in that house. Um, we'd hear weird disembodied animal noises. Um, I would have, yeah, it was, it was really weird, but like farm animals, but didn't live on a farm and they would be like in the hallway. It was really weird. Um, I would have different experiences where I would be lying in bed in the bunk bed and I would hear like, you know, footsteps coming down. It would sound like an animal. And of course there was never anyone there. And the typical story, your parents don't believe you that something's there, you know, I think mostly because it kind of freaked them out too. But um, some of the earliest things I can remember are, you know, lying in bed in my bunk bed. And like most kids, I had a nightlight, we'd leave the closet light on. And I had just uh, like the closet doors that would have like the lattice. And so you could see the light coming through, but you couldn't fully see into the closet. And one of the first things I remember is lying there just staring at the nightlight in the closet trying to go to sleep and all of a sudden it was like a, a huge face just kind of rushed up to the closet doors um not a fully defined face larger than a human face but with like kind of large sort of pits for eyes I guess bumped up against the closet doors and then there was like a huge kind of crashing sound my parents come running in and when they open the closet doors every single piece of clothing that was hanging was on the floor like hangers and everything like it you know how long it would take to actually physically take down hangers of clothes and put them down it was like everything fell all at once and so that was one of the first no I swear there was a big face and then everything fell and it was Trish yeah. stop you know playing in your closet at night that's not funny we're trying to sleep and I'm just like wow giant face in my closet um other things that were kind of small but that will scare a child or frankly an adult um, you know, sleeping bed is against the wall. My hand falls down between the bed and the wall and something grabbed my wrist and held on. Um, mm. Not hard enough to hurt, but, you know, you don't really expect something under the bed to, to grab onto you. So after that, I only slept on the top bunk. Yeah. I, and I still won't sleep. <laughs> I still won't let anything hang over the edge. It's like <laughs> It only happened the one time, but I'm like, you know what, that's... That was enough. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need yeah. that to happen again. <laughs> mm. um, 
there was one thing I, uh, I don't remember this. This is something that my grandma, my mom, and my aunt have told me because I think I was maybe three or four. It was like no real clear memories at that time. But um, my aunt is a type one diabetic. And so she was staying in the house with us and she had some kind of an episode. And so she passed out on the floor and they had to call the ambulance. And everyone thought that I would be panicking, you know, because there's all this commotion and there's an ambulance and they think that I'm, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, but I was totally calm. And so my grandma asked me, she's like, Trish, aren't you, aren't you scared? Aren't you nervous? And I was like, no, I mean, Jesus is standing there with Angie Ann, So I know she's going to be okay. Like Jesus told me she'll be all right. And I'm just sitting there like normal day, eating cereal, watching TV while everything is in chaos around me. And so I wish I could remember that. I'm like, yeah. little kid Trish was like, oh no, Jesus is here. Everything's fine. But wow. I don't remember. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> I'm now, how, that. <laughs> how old were you when that happened? Probably about three or four, like old enough to be articulate about what, what I saw. I think yeah. it was about four, um, yeah. but young enough to just be not hemming and hawing about anything. You're just like, oh yeah. Like Jesus is standing right there and he said, everything's going to be fine. So yeah. why would I worry? <laughs> See, I, I wish you could uh, recall that memory so bad. Cause when my daughter oh, was four, she had a, a, a visitation and she called him, <laughs> she didn't call him Jesus because unfortunately at that time I hadn't really exposed her. You know, I should have raised her with it, but anyway, uh, <laughs> at that age, she called him the white man. And I asked her, uh -huh. you know, I said, what do you mean? Was he wearing white? And she said, no, daddy, he was all white, like glowing white. Oh. And oh, that's I, so cool. Yeah. Because she was, we had just got to a new location and I was trying to tuck her in, you know, I just, I had just got home. It was my, my first night home from the air force. Like we separated, got home, tucking her in and I was trying to make sure she wasn't scared. And that's what she told me in response. Yeah. And I was like, well, there's nothing for me to be afraid of either. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I can't top that. Right. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I wish, I wish I could remember it. And I wish that they had asked me more questions at the time. Right. You know, cause when I've talked to them all about it, basically what I told you is what they remember. I'm like, and you didn't think to ask, I, I know there was chaos, but I'm like, right. ask more questions. Yeah. Like, that's why I want any of my friends' kids or like, you know, when my nephews and stuff were younger, when they say stuff like that, I'm like, tell me more. I want to get all of that information from them while they remember it clearly. And they're so free with their, like, their emotions and their ideas. I'm like, because later on, that kind of goes away to an extent for most people. And yes, it does. Yeah, I wish I wish I had that still. I wish I had that memory. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just had to ask because I, that's what I thought it would be at that age. You know, that seems to be the, the yep. age. Yep. No, please interrupt. Cause I like the, the questions help me give you like a good flow. So sorry. And I'm looking at my notes too. So, okay. <laughs> um, I do want to say that a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about might sound like all of my experiences have been negative or scary and that, isn't necessarily true but I think those are the ones that kind of they stand out the most and I think when you don't understand what's going on that makes it scary so like right. my response to it 
is one of fear in a lot of cases, especially when I was younger before I understood things more. So it sounds like I've got this whole collection of just terrifying stories and everything spiritual is horrifying, but that's not actually the case. So I just, I kind of wanted to clarify that before I go into the next house that I lived in, because this one was a, this was a doozy, oh, wow. <laughs> um, but this was a big learning experience for me. This was, I think this is a, a the case for a lot of kids where like your parents are loving and understanding, but their kid is asking questions that freak the parents out. And so they kind of want to say, oh, it's a dream or you're fine or we'll put in a nightlight or the dog is with you. And the kid is kind of left there to sort of deal with, with that on their own. So this was the beginning of me feeling like, okay, well, if no one's going to talk to me about it, then I'm going to have to to learn how to deal with this. And so this is like starting from about age nine was Trish learning how to kind of, I guess, fight spiritual battles and wow. learn what was what, you know, a lot of, a lot of interesting reading. Like I was the, I was the kid at the Scholastic Book Fair that was like, I will take the puppy poster, the kitty poster, and the weirdest book that you have. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, do you have any missing people? Do you have UFOs? Like, I was the kid that was like, give me the weirdest stuff you've got. Right. And because that was, that was like the beginning of my attempt to really start to understand the things that I was experiencing. So, um, one thing to know about that particular house was if you saw it from the street, it looked like a one-story house, but the second floor was, it was built into a hill. So the second floor was kind of partially underground Sweet. and that was where my room was. So from the back, it was a two-story house. From the front, it looked like a one-story house. The rooms that were mostly underground had more of a bad vibe, which I guess looking back kind of makes sense. Um, this was in New Mexico by the way. So this is kind of the heart of weirdness. <laughs> I think the Southwest <laughs> yeah. has a, a lot of really weird stuff. So yeah. maybe that the being built into the ground part, I mean, you'd find arrowheads all over the place. So maybe I don't want to be one of those people that jumps to it's an ancient Indian burial ground, but, but. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what was there, but I know right. that the rooms underground had a bad feel. So right. my bedroom was partially underground. And so my window was actually built along the hill. And so many nights I would just be laying there and I would hear like somebody just tapping, like tapping at the window. And it turned into a game. Like this went on the whole time I lived in that house till I left for the army. This was something that would happen like every night. Wow. If I went over to look out the window, if I, as soon as I got close to the window, it would stop. And like, I would go to like turn and the tapping would start again. Um, and it just turned into a game. Like how close can I get to the window? And it would, it would toy with me. Like it was, it was not something, it wasn't like a tree branch. You know, this is, this is a window along the ground. This right. was deliberate sentient tapping. So that happened all the time. Um, now my sisters, the two younger sisters, they shared a room and they would have stories about little people or little things that would try to come in through their window. And that, I don't know if that was related to like what I was hearing tapping at the, at my window, but they would sometimes come running into my bedroom when they would be scared because I'm, I'm the big sister, you know, so I can pick on them, but I'm also protective. And they would be like, they're, they're back. The little, the little things are back. And they said they would try to like, they would 
like scratch at the the window frame or like try to open it and, and it was it was freaky so one night I'm I'm sleeping in my room and I'm about 11 and I have a friend sleeping over and my I hear my sisters kind of startled like they're, they're waking up from something and they're and they're very scared and they, they come running into my bedroom and they're like they're back the things are back and so I grab a sister, my friend grabs a sister, and we're going to go into the family room, and we're going to go upstairs, and I'm going to go get my parents, because I'm, I'm scared, too. You know, I'm protective older sister, but I'm 11. Right, so, yeah. Um, now, we hadn't lived in the house for a very long time, so we had the, the big sliding glass double doors, and all we had over it at the time was a white sheet. We hadn't bought, like, the, the curtains for it yet. So with the light on back there, you could see if anyone walked by. Like, you, you very clearly saw silhouettes. So right as we step out of my room into the family room, we're, we're looking at that doorway and this little thing runs by. It was like, it was chubby like a baby. <laughs> it, this is where it was about two feet tall and mm. I saw it moving. It was running right to left and it was, it was moving its arms. Like it was like, imagine like a, a little fat toddler running and pumping its arms. It it had horns, had two little horns. And it looked like it kind of had hair because it looked like it kind of came back like this, like like if it sort of had hair, it went down to about here. It had a tail and it had, I'm just gonna say goat legs because oh. the way they bent it, it wasn't like people legs. It was, it was, it was very deliberate too because it went running by, but it was like slow and it, like it wanted us to see it. Yeah. kind of thing um so then you have everybody screaming and you have my dad running down the stairs and we're like there's a little thing outside and you know he goes out and he checks and of course he sees nothing but that was I only saw it in silhouette but I kind of put that together with like what my sisters would say about you know the little things are trying to to come in the window um, and they've blocked a lot of that out so even though I, I ask them about stuff today, they're like, we don't want to talk about it. We don't What? they, they blocked it out and I don't want to press that. So I, right. I don't. Um, so related to that, the laundry room was also downstairs and it was completely underground. So one day I'm about 14 years old and I'm going to go into the laundry room. I'm going to do some laundry because, you know, mom says I have reached the age where I can do my own darn laundry. So I want to go do that. <laughs> um, now, whoever designed this room was absolutely cruel because you had to walk about a foot into the room to get the light switch. And of course, there's no window because it's underground. So it's, it's pitch black. And I'm like, why would anybody do this? Yeah. But I go in and I, I turn to the left because I'm going to hit the light switch. And as I look back where the washer and the dryer are, I see two sets of glowing green eyes. Um, they were not feline. They were definitely like, to me, I immediately, I thought these are dog's eyes. Like these are canine eyes, um, kind of like a, a sort of neon green, like actually and behind you, there's a, a kind of picture like with, with the, the yellow eyes, that green that's up above it. Yeah. That's the color that their eyes were, but glowing. Oh, wow. And so all I can see of them is their eyes and they're, they're sitting literally where the washer and the dryer are. And they're just, they're side by side. And I can tell that they're sitting and of course I dropped my laundry basket. I'm like, I'll wear dirty clothes to school. I don't care. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I'm not <sighs> staying in this room. Um, so like, that's, that's fine. Um, 
Now, I thought that was the end of it because to me, that was just another terrifying experience in this house. I'm like, there's, okay, now there's glowing green eyes in the laundry room, great. Well, years later, um, maybe 10 or 12 years later, I'm talking to one of my sisters and she tells me she's, um, we're talking about the little things that would try to come in the window. And she was like, yeah, but when it would get really, really bad, my wolves would come and they would protect us. And I was like, your wolves? Because she'd never mentioned this before. She's like, yeah. She's like, a lot of times when the little things would try to come in the window, my wolves would come and they would chase them away and they would protect us. And so I asked her, I was like, do your wolves have green glowing eyes? And she's like, yeah, that's exactly what they look like. They were just wolves with green glowing eyes. So I was like, why would you never have mentioned this before? (laughs) You know, I I could have used that information a long time ago. So at least I I guess that's one of those that when it's happening, it's terrifying. But looking back, they were protectors. Like they were protecting my sisters. So I thought that was kind of like full, that comes kind of full circle. I was like, oh, okay. So that, that wasn't a bad thing. It just scared the crap out of me when I'm, trying to wash school clothes. And and you know, if something's going to protect you from demon babies, it would have to be pretty scary, right? Yeah. It would have to be giant wolves with green glowing eyes. (laughs) Right. Something to to punk out. Something that's punking you. You you gotta have something bigger and badder, right? Yeah. And she did. I'm like, well, I could have used some wolves. Dang it. (laughs) Really? Really? Oh. So you saw this thing go, was there just one when it went by that curtain? Just the one. It was the only one I ever saw. Um, Apparently they tried to always go in my sister's room. So they would see them and I didn't. That was the only time that I ever saw one was that one just kind of like a slow jog pumping its arms and 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 running past that back door. mm. But it, you, yeah, that was creepy. That yeah, that, that's so creepy. I, I've got chills going up my neck. I'm trying to ignore it. Uh, <laughs> so it's like yeah. you, you could feel that or hear that the peck on your window and your sister's room. How All the time? Where was it uh, in relation to where your room is? Was it like next so, to your room? So my room, family room, sister's room. So they were connected by the family room. So okay. they had to run through the family room to get to my bedroom. Oh, and then wow. we could go upstairs and okay. get wow. mom and dad. <laughs> that's just so freaky. It's so scary. Yeah. And it's like I think that's it, one of the things that scares me the most is the little, like in, in the other house too, I would always have nightmares as a little kid about little people. Really? And it wasn't, it was, yeah, it wasn't based on anything. It was just like this fear of like oh the little people are coming or they're coming down the hallway or they're next to the bed and it was only dreams I mean they were terrifying but I I, it makes me wonder if like that was something that was happening in both places like I don't know if it was related to my family or they're just kind of everywhere (laughs) Um, but that's that's one of the things that like well and truly makes me terrified is little two foot tall humanoid figures i don't know i don't like that (laughs) yeah no doubt i mean what better thing to fit under your bed and grab your wrist than something that's only two foot tall thank you sorry god i need to think (laughs) of that oh (laughs) that's so much worse (laughs) i will say that that felt like a full-sized hand like an adult hand which is less scary to me than a tiny hand 
which doesn't I, seem like that shouldn't be true. <laughs> Whatever helps but, you sleep. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, all freaky don't to me. My hand at all. <laughs> wow. So same house. Um, okay, so this one was freaky. And this one, I'm going to go back to that first house. This was also dreams, but there would be things in my dreams sometimes that looked like my parents, but weren't. And the only way that I could tell was the eyes. Like, like the eyes were dead. Like, you know, you look at a person and you see that soul behind the eyes. Like you see that living person, like you see their personality. Like, you know, I look into your eyes and your bow. I can see bow there behind the eyes. These would be things that looked like my parents, but the eyes would be dead and they would smile oddly. Like, it's not that their mouths were too large, but the smiles were like how some foreign being would imagine a human would smile, right. I guess. And so sometimes they would just show up in my dreams and I would, ugh, it was terrifying. Um, so the next house, I'm again, about 14 years old. Now I had two closets in my room one of those closets was directly underneath the staircase. So if anyone came down the stairs for any reason, I would hear it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't not hear somebody come down the stairs. And I'm laying in bed and I hear someone coming down the stairs. And I'll admit, given all the stuff that happened, I slept with a nightlight, like even through high school. I don't even yeah. care. I slept with a nightlight. <laughs> you know, weird stuff in my house, Trisha sleeping with a nightlight. Um, but I heard someone you know, heard someone coming down the stairs and it wasn't unusual for my parents before they went to bed, you know, come down, check on the kids, go back upstairs. And the foot of my bed faced the door and I hear someone come down the stairs, come up to my door. And my door was not latched shut, but just almost shut. And, you know, it, it slowly creaks open and my mom is standing there and it's her, you know, see, she's got her pink robe and her purple slippers and I just kind of, I'm still sort of awake, it's late, but I'm like, you know, good night, mom, love you. And, and she just stands there. And then I really, really look at her and she's got the dead eyes. And I know that it's not my mom. Um, there was no expression. It looked like my mom, every feature was correct, except for the, the no expression and just the, the dead eyes. And it's just staring at me and I guess my, my response was, I don't want it to know that I know what it is. So I'm, I'm freaking out on the inside, <laughs> but I'm just laying there and I'm, 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 I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I force myself to close my eyes and just pretend like everything was okay. And I think it stood there and just kind of watched me for like a minute or so. And then my door slowly shut and I heard the footsteps go back upstairs. So I didn't sleep much that night because <laughs> I was, you know, waiting for it to come back. Um, but it was, it was the eyes. It was just this thing that looked exactly like my mom, but with dead eyes. And the next morning I asked her, I was like, did you, did you come downstairs and, and check on us? And she said, no, I, I actually ended up falling asleep in bed reading. So I, I never came down and somehow the validation made it so much worse. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that's. <laughs> Mm. it's it's the mimicking someone that you love part that 
that freaked me out. I'm like, don't, don't look like my mom. <laughs> you yeah, know? Really? really. I, I trying to get you to lower your guard for something, right? Is what that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's why I didn't want to let it know that I knew. I was like, I'm yeah. just going to pretend like it's my mom. And I think that was one of the hardest things I've ever done is to lay there with my eyes closed and yeah. knowing that it's just looking at me, you know, from like three feet away. That, wow. that was unpleasant. <laughs> mm. And I would, uh, I would sometimes have dreams in that house where like, it wasn't, it wasn't my perspective. I would be, I would be moving through the house and I would know that I was kind of like on a ride along. I would, I would be too tall. Everything would be in sepia tones. Uh -huh. And it would be like I'm I'm writing behind the eyes of something just walking around my house and looking at stuff, like moving down the stairs and just like if you're visiting a foreign place and you're just kind of looking around like, oh, this is what the houses look like. And so I would know that I was Trish, but that I was looking through something else's eyes. But it was always, I thought it was interesting that it was always sepia toned. Can I ask this question? And it was it? Did it feel like the same time period that you live in, or did it feel like you were visiting another time? The, it felt like the same time. Okay. It okay. felt like the current time. Yeah. I've I've had people talk to me um, about having dreams like that. Everything goes to that sepia tone, and it's like they're living. Oh, really? Uh, yes. It, it felt oh. like to them that they were in a past life regression like they were seeing a memory of a past life okay. and okay i just that's why i wanted to ask if it felt like a familiar time or if it felt like you know maybe you were out of your time maybe that's why the, the angles look different maybe you were taller maybe you were shorter or whatever um, i was definitely taller but it was it was it was something else like it wasn't it wasn't me even in a past life it mm -hmm. was something in my current time that i was just seeing how it saw because i remember wow. thinking like the first time it happened i was like oh i'm so tall <laughs> like you know right. what is what is this like <laughs> and then i realized oh i'm this isn't me that's that was, yeah that was weird <laughs> yeah yeah wow okay okay I'll, I'll i'll try to shut up but let me let me ask one real quick um no i like the i like the questions yeah <sighs> okay uh do you experience or were you experiencing sleep paralysis along with these things? So I have experienced it before, but not at this time. Okay. Um, actually, no, that's not, that's not entirely true. I had experienced it a little bit in the first house that I lived in when I was about seven or eight years old but I don't remember it really happening a lot until I was like in my twenties okay. and what I know now, like, that's just like when you're, when you're trying to astral project and you get kind of stuck and you hear that loud buzzing, but you panic, that's your sleep paralysis because you're not entirely in sync with your body. Wow. So when it would happen when I was a little kid, actually, this is something that I, I forgot to mention. So once I had, two younger sisters, my parents moved, moved me into my own little room. And I would have, again, I'm going to use the word dreams a lot. Sometimes there, I think there are dreams and there are dream dreams. Right. And then there's like astral stuff. So this, this I know now was 
mostly an astral thing. Okay. I would be lying in my bed, not asleep, just, you know, you're laying there and you're waiting to go to sleep. And there would be a fog that would kind of drift in from the hallway and it would kind of form around the base of my bed in front of my closet and it would start to coalesce. And as it coalesced, it would turn into the shape of a man. And it, this, this makes it sound not super scary and kind of cheesy, but he looked like Merlin. <laughs> like he had a long kind of bluish purple robe and he had like the conical hat, um, but he had all black eyes, like hateful beady black eyes, of course. Um, but as the fog would coalesce, he would start to form. And this is when the fear would kick in. And this is when I would start to, I, I wouldn't be able to move. But I realized when I was about eight, I realized that if I didn't let the fear get to me, that he would get fainter. Like the fear was like feeding the image of him. It was feeding the form of him. So if I could keep my fear in check, he couldn't fully form. And so I would, I, I, this was kind of like my learning not to panic when I couldn't move um, was, was when this would start to happen. And I realized like, I didn't know what would happen if he fully formed. I didn't want to know. <laughs> um, I just know he would get more and more solid and he would be able to move a little bit closer. And I could see his beady black eyes more clearly. Um, but it got to the point eventually where when the fog would start to form, I would just be like, no. I would just, no, you can't. And it would go back into the hallway and it would end. So years later, when I start doing, I will say that I, I astral project, but I don't have control over it. It happens when it happens. But as I was having like lucid dreams and astral experiences, that control that I learned as a little kid to make the, the Merlin guy go away came in very handy because I realized that mental control and emotions would really heavily influence what was going to happen. Like if I expected something scary to happen, it's gonna happen. If I expect pain or fear or just something that I found unpleasant, that's what was going to happen. But if I could be like, if I could deny it and say, no, I'm, I'm gonna fly away over here or you can't do that to me or you, you might touch me, but I don't feel it. So I was able to kind of implement that. And as I started to have like more astral experiences, I recognized that stage, like right before you're gonna have that sleep paralysis as that same kind of feeling, that panic moment, that if I could just chill, like either, either wake up or write it out, that I would have a, a lucid dream or an astral experience. So once I learned to do that, I stopped having sleep paralysis because I recognized that moment of panic of, oh God, I can hear things and I can see things, but I can't move my body. And you, and you have that loud buzzing, like when you're, when you're kind of lifting out and I'd be like, okay, either wake up all the way or write it out and let it happen and, and keep the, the fear out of it. And then everything would go smoothly. Wow. Wow. Sorry, I'm a rambler. <laughs> no, no, it's, that's good. That's perfect. Um, that, that answered that for me. I had a guy on named Vince, Vincent, Vince, yeah, Vince. He uh, wrote a book about sleep paralysis and stuff. Have, have you listened? Have you heard that episode? Uh, it's been probably six months I ago. Think, I don't think that I have. Okay, I, I might send you the link to that because. Uh, okay. 
some of the stuff he talks about, it's like I'm I'm hearing similarities and stuff. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Is there anything in particular you want to hear about from the list, or you want me to just keep rambling? Uh, well, you're you're doing awesome. There, there's tons of stuff I want to okay. ask about. I have a list of questions. I'm I'm just stacking them up. I'm going to just add, I'm going to <laughs> as you because this happens all the time when somebody is talking, they tend to answer a lot of the questions that I write down, the, so yeah. I can line through them. You know, yeah. And if there's anything left, okay. I'll, I'll go forward with it. Sounds good. Um, I'll go into my shadow entity experience then. Uh, so this was actually in San Antonio, Texas. So I was in the army and I'm living in the barracks and we did a lot of shift work. So our, our barracks rooms opened not into a hallway, but they opened outside. And we had these kind of orangey outside lights and every room came with regular curtains and the big blackout curtains because again a lot of shift work so you got to be able to block out the sunlight but around the very edges of the curtains you could always just see this very faint orange glow of the the outside lights at nighttime and so i'm i'm lying in bed one night and i i'm again i think most of my stories start with i'm lying there trying to go to sleep but <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> happens a lot um and I, i'm looking at the orange glow so imagine that at my feet and off to my right hand side i've got uh, i've got a tv vcr combo you know because it's the 90s and yeah. uh, so <laughs> but so you can see like the you know you can see the clock from that so i have a couple small sources of light right at that point and as i am staring at the curtains i notice that starting from where the doorway is and working left to right the the orange glow was going like something so it wasn't like a, a shadow figure it was like a i say entity because it was like a blob of blackness that that blacker than black and it's moving from the door and it's spreading across the outside wall till the blackout curtains are covered there's no more orange glow coming in and it it works its way to the wall to my right and over the ceiling and i, I can watch it spread like the room is dark but you could see the darkness spread and then i see the the light on the the tv vcr combo winks out as the blackness goes over that and eventually the entire room is just enveloped in that horrible suffocating oppressive blackness um now right next to my bed i kept a chair because when i come home i put my uniform on it you know you want to you were you were military so you don't want to get it wrinkled you know wear that yeah. again so you know put your uniform on it have my boots there so it would be ready for the next day and I'm lying there and I, even though the blackness surrounds the entire room, I feel like the, the consciousness of the darkness is in the chair next to my bed. Like oh, I, wow. I just know, like I can't move, I'm on my back, but I know that it's off to my right side. It's, it's just there. And then I hear the most awful voice, like just the deepest male voice you've ever heard like they'll do effects in movies sometimes with deep male voices and i can't stand it because that's what this voice was like and all it said to me like right into my ear was do you think you can keep your big mouth shut and it was like it was a threat it was a promise it was terrifying mm -hmm. and i'm i'm so 
scared. Like I can't even shake. I'm, I'm just, it's that absolute paralyzing fear. And I'm trying to pray in my head and it's like, I can't even think, you know, I, I'd never been that level of scared before, like where you're, you're just paralyzed even mentally. And so finally in my head, like I can't even, I can't formulate a prayer, but I, I managed to start saying the Lord's prayer in my head. And once I get like the first few words in, it's coming to me. And I'm like, and so in my head, I think I got through the Lord's prayer, maybe like a couple times. And as I started the third time, the blackness just receded back the way that it had come. But that was my only shadow experience, but that was enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's enough. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't sleep in that room again for about two weeks. I would stay over at friends places. I was like, I am not sleeping in that room. And for the entire rest of the time that I lived in that barracks, I slept with the, you know, you had, you shared a, you had a suite mate, you shared a bathroom, but I had my own little sink. I kept that light on over the sink. Like I never again, or the, every light on, I could never sleep in that room again with it totally dark. Wow. Like I actually looked forward to mid shifts because it meant that I would be sleeping in the daytime. Like, and yeah. I can, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Curt, you know, curtains open, sunlight flooding in, flooding in. Yeah, I'm starting to understand yeah. what you were talking about with haunted places and haunted people, because it seems like something had been following yeah. you up to this point. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think, so I think that every, every place has a little bit of something. I'm sure. I don't want to say, I don't want to say spiritual, but like there's stuff everywhere. Like you can't go anywhere and not encounter supernatural paranormal because it's all natural it's it's part of the fabric of reality so it's always going to be there and i think some people are just more sensitive to it and so like you know maybe you and i could live in the same house and i might experience something and you don't right um so i think that there are things that follow people but i think for me in a lot of cases it was just i was kind of a, a beacon like i would move into a place and i i just i stood out i think because i could perceive it and so I think that's what brought on a lot of, of my, my experiences because there really weren't many things that I felt like it was the same being or the same kind of phenomenon. It was like, oh, new place, new weirdness. <laughs> you know, there was, there was always something. So yeah, that one, that one was freaky. I could live yes. without that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. So so when I lived in Germany, um, I actually was assigned to a, a little base in Bavaria. And it was actually one of the stop-offs for Hitler on his way down into Austria. Right. So it, there, were, there were buildings there that ha had actually been used for POWs um, during World War II, for German POWs. And so the place has got a history, you know. Um, and my... The first time that I went there, I was actually, well, you're military, so TCS, Temporary Change of Station. I was there for six months at this little base. And if you were there, TDY or TCS, the apartment buildings were four stories, and the very top floor had apartments for, for TDY personnel. So you would walk in, and you had a little living room, you had a kitchen and a bathroom, and then you would go through a fire door, and there would be three bedrooms, three or four bedrooms on either side. So like say eight bedrooms down this hallway. So you'd, you'd share this little communal apartment with other personnel. And I'm living in one of these apartments and 
I had kind of a, a missing time sort of thing. Uh, this was this was around Christmas time, so it's other the other uh, girls are off on leave, and it's me and and my, my I'll just call her B, me and my roommate B. She's in the kitchen because I couldn't I could burn water at this point in time, so she's cooking, and I'm gonna do the dishes. So I'm I'm watching TV in the living room, and again we're we're on the fourth floor. The way the the housing buildings would work, like as soon as you walked in, the the lights were on a timer. So you would walk in, or not a timer, excuse me, a, a motion sensor. So as soon as you opened that door and walked in, the lights would kick on for the entire stairwell. And they, they'd stay on for maybe 15 minutes after somebody had, had stopped moving. Um, and they echoed horribly. Like you could hear everything in these buildings. If someone, you know, sneezed on the first floor, you heard it on the fourth floor. Like, like it was, this was a very echoey kind of situation. So we have our, our female apartment and just across the landing is where some of the men were staying. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching TV and I hear a knock at our door. And I thought it was weird because I would have heard the guys open their door. I would have heard someone coming up the stairs. I can look under the door and there's no light. So I'm like, there's, there's literally no way to move in the stairwell and not trigger the lights. So I'm like, well, that's weird, but whatever. So I, I get up and, and B asked me, she like, can you get the door since she's cooking? So I, I go over and I, I open the door and I, I, I don't step all the way into the hallway. I just, I open it. I can see that it's dark. I kind of look right. I look left. I don't see anyone. So I close the door and B comes out of the kitchen and she's like, who were you talking to? And I said, I wasn't talking to anybody there. There wasn't anyone there. She's like, you just talked to some man for like five minutes. What? She's like, I couldn't understand. Yeah. She's like, I couldn't understand what you were saying, but you were, it was just, it wasn't a creepy voice. It was just me having a conversation with a man for about five minutes. And I'm like, B, there was nobody there. The, the lights were off. There was no sound, like there was nobody there. So from my end of the experience, it was like five seconds. I opened the door. It's dark. No one is there. And from her perspective, she's in the kitchen cooking dinner and hears me have a five minute conversation with the man. I was like, so it, it's not one of those like, oh, I was gone for three hours time loss. It was five minutes, but it was just, that was weird. <laughs> like, what, what did I talk about? <laughs> yeah, so I, I have no idea what, what happened in the conversation, but that was freaky. That, that's creepier to me than just about anything you've talked about so far. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that disturbed me so bad, it, but it does. It's, <laughs> it's like... Oh, that's some that's some next level psychological stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, having your memory yep. erased or yeah, who was that? Oh, yeah, and and why? <sighs> yeah, mm -hmm. and and I wasn't like my imagination. Like I like she because she heard the conversation. I don't remember anything. She was just like, yeah, you were having a conversation. Mm. Like okay, <laughs> nope. Um, so in that in that same apartment. Um, I would have candles in my room, just little scented candles. You know, I'm a girl, so right. scented candles. And and some nights I'd be lying in bed and reading and the candle flames would just suddenly get like huge. Like they would flare and get real big and then go down to like a pinprick and they would just go back and forth. And I would just kind of be like, I see you, okay. I'd mm -hmm. say, hi, like that's enough. And it would stop and it would, it would go away. Um, another time so this was again around christmas and 
through some twist of fate, I end up being the only person in the apartment for like three days because everybody else is on Christmas leave. And I'm like, I'm not flying back to the States for three days. I just, I'll suck right. it up. Um, so I'm the only one there. And I was friends with all the girls who were there. So they didn't lock the doors to their rooms. They could have, but they didn't. All of the rooms were occupied except for one that was used as storage and two at the end. But I'm, I'm the only person there. And I'm sitting there watching TV one night. And this happened for over the course of three days. Like I would hear like someone in one of the rooms, but it was, so remember the tapping on the window thing? It, it was knocking. Like I would hear someone in the room, like inside the room, knocking on the wall or knocking on the door. And for me, not knowing is scarier than, than just sitting there and wondering. So I'm like, I'm gonna go open the door. So I would throw open the door to the room and it would stop and it would come from like a room across the hall or the next one over. And it was like this game of hide and seek where I, I open the first door, nothing there. And oh, now the sound is over in the, in the room next to it. And so it was just me, like, it was like a game. I'm just throwing open the door. I'm like, I'm gonna get you. And I never did, yeah. but it, it wasn't, it wasn't menacing. It was just weird. Yeah. It's kind of like the game. I was definitely play. glad when the girls came back. But <laughs> I bet, I bet, and it's just like what you were talking about with the tapping on your window, like, and you referenced that. But you said then it was like a game, like see how close you can get to the window, and yeah, it was it was playful. It was weird, playful, but it was it was playful. Excuse yeah, me. but it was yeah. So it was yeah, not scary, just weird, no. but. Yeah, that was like for over for those three days, it would just be me flinging open doors and and nothing was ever disturbed in the rooms because I was right. like, you know, the guys are living across the hall. We're friends with everybody. I'm like, eh, it's not I wouldn't put it past them to, you know, play a practical joke or do something. Right. But no, there's it was just me hmm. flinging open doors. And and I know that sounds crazy, but really, it's maybe I would be the first one to die in a scary movie because like, <laughs> like what's that noise? I'm like, it's scarier to me to sit there and think it like, imagine all the things that it could be and less right. scary to be like, you know what? If this is how I go, this is how I go, but I'm going to find out <laughs> what let's that noise it. is. Yeah, that's yep. It. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Unless it's like a genuinely bad feeling, like, like, I'm curious, but I'm not stupid. You know, right. like if, if there's a bad feeling, I'm not going to go in the house where, you know, there was ritual satanic murders and it feels horrible. I'm not going to go in that house and find stuff. But yeah, <laughs> if it's a candle flame or some knocks on the wall, okay, I'll, I'll bite. You know, right. I'll play yeah. the game. <laughs> and now they know how to lure you in. So that's good. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I said a prayer before. I'm good. They can't hear. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what I want to tell myself. um so um so the the base that i was at tcs i eventually moved there permanently and i was living in an apartment so same kinds of of housing buildings just a a different building and i was married to my first husband at the time and the bedroom in this one felt horrible like if he wasn't home i couldn't sleep in that room um, and I had, I had a huge German shepherd, beautiful German, German shepherd, good, good guard dog, good girl. Um, even with her in there, like if I was by myself, I couldn't sleep there because she would, excuse me, she would lay on the bed and she would 
watch like there was something on the floor moving around the bed and she would just sit there she would look over and she didn't growl she didn't bark like she wasn't disturbed by it she was curious but watching her just watch stuff move around the bed I was like no that's no <laughs> I'm not doing that like it doesn't bother me now but back then I was like absolutely not that that felt wrong I didn't I didn't like the way it felt um so I would go if he wasn't home I would go sleep in the living room and I'd close the fire door that led to the the bedrooms because I'm like no that, that part of the apartment doesn't exist <laughs> when I'm by myself um but I would lie there on the couch and I could look into the kitchen and there was a, a little light that I would keep on in the kitchen and on the far side of the kitchen I would sometimes see like you know when you're you're looking at a highway in the summertime and like the heat the kind of what's the word yep. I want you know what I mean that that distortion it yeah. would look like that and it would just be in the back of the kitchen but I knew that it couldn't leave the kitchen so I would just watch it and I don't I don't know if that was a good thing or bad thing I didn't really get a bad vibe from it but I was like could I just have one night where there's not something weird floating around but but I knew in my mind I was like it can't leave the kitchen so at least it's gonna stay back there but that that was all that I saw like I didn't hear anything it just looked like that that heat coming up off of a, a highway in the summertime wow if you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American made. It's a veteran owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that, uh, it's more, more convenient, easier to carry less of a load on your body and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the, uh, the rock ape and the mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay, it's 23-B-U-M-P. Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out, SquatchSurvivalGear.com, promo code 23BUMP. Yeah, I'm, I just want to slide in there with a couple more questions. Um, Sure. One, I, I had on here, you know, why do you think this stuff happened to you? And you answered that, you know, you felt like um, almost like you're a beacon in these kind of areas. Like there's something, yeah. something that draws it in. Yeah. Do you have a family history of this? Like, 
did mom or grandma or anybody have this kind of all of the women all of the women in my family yeah. <laughs> are sensitive um okay. they don't like to talk about it um and my dad is sensitive too and it wasn't until i was an adult that i was able to kind of have these conversations with my parents because it was always it was a it was taboo either because it, it freaked them out you know their parents right. didn't talk about it so they didn't talk about it and then from a, a religious standpoint you know it was like oh that's that's bad. We don't, we don't do that. We don't talk about that. Right. Um, and that's one thing that I, that I don't like is that this idea that everything is black or white, like mm -hmm. there are only angels and demons or it's only black or white. I'm like, oh, the world is made up of grays. Like, yeah, you've got black and white, but you have so many things in between. And so I don't, I don't like it when people say that if just because they're afraid or they don't understand it, that it's bad. Right. Like sometimes that's just how you react to it. Again, like some of these things that I experienced, like the wolves, they weren't bad. Yeah. I, right. I perceived it as bad at the time because other stuff was happening and because it scared me. Like my fear response dictated how I viewed that phenomenon. So mm -hmm. I like to kind of look at it from that perspective of like, do I know that it's good or bad? Or I, I just like to give it a chance, like listen to my gut. Like I'm again, not going to do anything stupid, but you know, listen to my gut and be like, am I thinking that it's something evil because it scares me or because right. it actually is. So I like to, I like to explore that stuff. So I've, I've read so many books just trying to figure out, you know, what, what is everything? What, what's going on? And right. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, so I, we didn't have a lot of those discussions when I was a kid, but as an adult, we do. And I mean, I can, you'll talk to women in my family. They'll be like, oh no, we don't, there's nothing like that. And then they've got like 18 stories about, oh, well, except for the time that grandpa M's rocking chair was moving by itself, but that's all. And then, yeah. oh, and the time that this happened, like those, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> and it's not bad. It's just a little freaky <laughs> but yeah it is it is it does run in the family okay like yeah i, I, I had a feeling yeah <laughs> yeah this is a family thing but i'm the only one who's like really into it right yeah well i'm yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you come forward about it this is awesome you know that's these experiences I, I know they were terrifying at the time but these it's almost like a uh, a warning to parents, you know, these childhood experiences you had. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. ask them questions. Like, yeah. don't say, oh, it's just a dream or you imagined it. It's like, well, maybe they probably didn't. But right. just, and kids are smart. Like, that's the thing, you know, it's like, they might not be book smart, but kids are emotionally smart and they understand so much more. Like, I can remember being seven years old and, and having my loving, well-meaning mom say, oh, it's it's just a dream. Or you imagined it. And I, even as a little kid, I'm going, the heck I did. Right. I know what a dream is. I didn't right. imagine that. And I think it just keeps kids from wanting to ask questions. And that's, I don't think kids should have to feel alone in that. Like, the parent doesn't necessarily have to to believe everything that the kid is saying. But just let them get it out. You know, just ask some questions. How did that make you feel? Do you, what would make you feel safer or, you know, like just yeah. let them talk it out and know that they're, it sounds so cheesy, but let them know that they're heard. Like, okay, Absolutely. Trish, you had a scary experience, but I'm listening. 
you know? Yep. And I also, I think one of the reasons I wanted to, to tell you some stories is because I also want people to know that just because something scares you in the moment, it doesn't mean that you need to burn your house to the ground or, or call an exorcist or something like it's, it might not be something bad, right. you know, it could just be something that's just there, you know, it doesn't have to be Archangel Michael or the devil. Like it could be so many other things yeah. with different <laughs> intentions and, you know, like it's, it's probably okay. And, right. and to let people know that you have control, like you, you are a child of God. You have power that comes from God. Like you can, like me banishing that Merlin guy, like I can say, you know what, you don't belong in my house and you're going to leave right now. That's it. And yes. I, can, I can allow certain things to, and I do like when I, when I cleanse my house, I don't cast everything out. Like I'm, I very, you know, I, I, I pray and I meditate and I, I kind of have a, a mishmash of things that I do. Like I'll sage the house, but I, I have holy water, right. but I'm just, I'm asserting my dominance. I'm saying this is my house and I make the rules. If you're of God's highest light and you mean no harm, you can stay. You can move my toothbrush and my hairbrush. You can <laughs> do whatever. Like that's cool. Like it's weird, but it's okay. But if you have ill intentions or you're not of God's highest light, this is not the place for you. That's so, right. you know, you have, you have power, you have control. You don't have to, to just sit in fear and wonder when it's going to end, like make it end. Yep. You can do it. Yeah. You know? I love that. I love that. We Yesterday, uh, you know, this is going to air, you know, in weeks from now, but yesterday in my men's fellowship meeting that we had, <laughs> the pastor came in and he talked about the authority of a believer and this, yep. that ties right into it. You know, we have that authority. Yep. So that, that's yep. beautiful. That's confirmation for me. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. <laughs> Now, in your email, you had stuff on here also about UFOs and um, orbs too, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I meant to send you a video. Yeah, so my house is, oh, my God. So I live in Virginia now. Okay. Um, I live outside of Washington, D.C. So you would think that because it's such a built-up metropolitan area that you wouldn't have, like, I don't, people, I don't know why people think there wouldn't be as much, but, oh, my God, this place is crazy yeah um so yeah tons of orbs um like i have i think most of you have got security cameras like inside and outside and and it's got like the night vision and and i'll just i like to watch them sometimes because i see some really neat stuff and i just want to say i know the difference i know what dust looks like i know that there's uh -huh. bugs i know that there's bats like i'm not sitting here thinking like a speck of dust floats by and i'm like oh my god it's a ghost like you know right i'm a rational intelligent adult like i can figure it out but there's I, I will send you one from my outside camera i meant to do it before i i like to watch this one security camera out front at night because there's some really neat stuff that happens out there i've had like blobs of light that looked like animals that like ran in from the sides and then dove into the ground like we used to have a really big maple tree that unfortunately it died and we had to take it out it's like, that's kind of like the source, like where that maple tree was. It's like things would go into the tree or it would circulate around the tree. Wow. And the orbs fly in like specific pathways outside and through the house. So when you watch on multiple cameras, like I know where they go. Like I can see their, I'm, I'll, I'll say roadways just because, or pathways, 
like they're 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 going kind of in patterns like it's not entirely erratic so i just like to watch because it's interesting my husband's like just don't tell me what you see i don't i don't <laughs> want to know he's like he knows that it's there he believes but he's like just if it happens in the house like i can only tell him when we're somewhere else he's like i don't want to know just don't tell me um wow. but the video that i'm going to send you i was i was watching that camera and I want to caveat this by saying that when I deliberately engage spiritually with stuff, I, I do like a, a, a brief mental cleansing first. Like I make it clear that I only want to communicate with something of God's highest light, something well-intentioned um, yes. that I'm not looking, I'm not opening the door to anything and everything to communicate. Like I'm very specifically only something good. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the camera and I'm watching and there's, you know, there's stuff going on and I put out the intention um, I say, I want to see something of, of God's highest light. Like I'm asking, I'm not telling. Like, I would like to see something of God's highest light. I would like it to come like in a group of three. Like I basically said more than two. So I could, I could roll out like a, a reflection. More than two. Please fly in a pattern that makes it obvious that I'm not seeing an insect or a bat or, or a reflection of car lights, something like that. And in my right. head, I didn't voice it, but in my head, I kind of saw like a Z pattern. And so I put that intention out just consistently. And like, again, not demanding, asking. I wanted mm -hmm. to see something. I was asking to please see something. And about two and a half minutes later, coming from the distance, like from the creek uh, across the street, you see these three things come in and do like this, this Z pattern. And they, they come in and do like this little Z and then they boop, go into the ground where that maple tree was. Oh, wow. And it's, I'll send it to you because it's so cool because it's so obviously not a bat or a bug or, or car lights. It was just like, it was exactly what I had asked for. And so I, to me, that was very validating Yeah. that it was, yeah, awesome. yeah, it's, a, it's not a speck of dust floating in front of a camera. Like it was, it was deliberate. It, it, it moved with intent, which was very cool. Um, so the, the UFO thing, um, was, let me think. So I live in a two-story house. Um, the master bedroom is above the laundry room. And this was a few years ago. So that same German shepherd that I talked about, my big girl, she's a German, German shepherd. So she was like a hundred pounds, like not overweight. She was a, a big, good girl. Um, my husband is away on a trip and I'm, I'm sitting in bed and I'm playing on my laptop. I'm like on Facebook or something. Um, now downstairs in the utility room at the time, there's, there's two different windows and someone had given me just tons of, of dishes. And so they were still in, in bins and I just had them stacked underneath these windows. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm playing on my laptop. And all of a sudden the sound was like, if every piece of glass in my house shattered at the same time it was all around me it was like if every window every dish everything made of glass just exploded and shattered at once that was the sound it filled the whole home but it seemed to mostly come from the laundry room and so my thought was okay someone has tried to come in that window and they've knocked over the dishes so it's a break-in. In my head, I'm like, it's a break-in. The dog has jumped up. She's growling. So I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, something is, is happening. And I'm like, why does it have to happen when my husband isn't home? Because of course it does. Um, but I mean, it was loud. So I hear the glass breaking and I'm like, well, 
I'm going to have to deal with this. And again, I'm the confront it <laughs> kind of person. So I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a drama seeking vague booker, but I put a little quick status and I said, I heard something downstairs. I'm going to check it out. If I don't come back, you know, somebody call the cops because <laughs> I didn't want to just leave and be like, Oh, I could have called for help, but I'm like, I'm going to have to go deal with this. Um, now I mentioned that I'm in the army, so I, I do, I am armed. So I, I'm, I get a gun and I'm like, well, today's the day I'm going to have to go <laughs> defend myself. <laughs> and I'm, you know, like, this isn't how I wanted to spend tonight, but if I have to, <laughs> you know, if it's me or a burglar or somebody, it's not going to be me. So I'm, I'm moving down the hallway and, you know, the lights are off except for in the bedroom and God bless my, she's, she's in heaven now, but my big German shepherd, she was so good. I told her stay behind me. And so she's walked, like, she wasn't trained to do this, but she stays like directly to my left side, just behind me. Cause if I have to shoot, I don't want to get my dog. And she's, she's still, I mean, every hair standing up and the noise was only that one time. So I don't hear anything else, but I'm like, okay. And, and I start working my way downstairs and I'm flipping on lights and I'm, I'm clearing, not like Rambo, but I'm, I'm clearing each room, you know? And I, I get to that last hallway and I'm like, okay, if there's somebody in here, this is where they are. There was nobody there. I, I checked in every single room. Nothing was amiss. No windows were open. Everything was absolutely secure, just like it was when I went to bed. And when we got to the room where I thought it had happened, once I've checked that room, she immediately calms down. She's just back to her tongue lolling normal self. She's yeah. like, she's not aggressive anymore and so I was like well I still went through the house and checked everything but there was absolutely nothing so I'm like well I guess I'll go back to bed well I get upstairs excuse me and I, I put away my firearm and for some reason this is like this is maybe 11 o'clock at night for some reason I get the urge to go out onto the back deck which seems really stupid I'm like I just had this experience where I think that maybe somebody broke in I'm like oh, I'm gonna go outside at nearly right. midnight like what, what are you in? I just said I was smart but I guess apparently not but it was like this overwhelming urge to go outside and I go and I've, I've, I've had my phone with me the whole time and I, I go step out onto the the back deck and the dog looks at me like are you stupid I'm going back to bed so she she goes back to the bedroom she's like you're on your own um so I go and I'm standing on the back deck and I look toward the neighbor's house. So imagine that I'm, I'm facing the back of my house and to my left is my neighbor's home. And we've got a lot of old growth trees. So there's a very tall tree over their house. And I'm like, why am I standing out here like a moron, <laughs> you know? Um, and I'm, I'm replying to one of my friends because now my friends are messaging me like, are you okay? So I'm, I'm real quick making a, a status that everything is okay. Right. I'm all right, but I'm still messaging one of my good friends. And she's like, she just wants to make sure that I'm okay. So I'm, I'm in, in the process of texting her. No, she calls. I'm sorry. We're, we're talking. I'm talking to her on the phone. And as I'm looking at the neighbor's tree, um, I'm just going to use, it was like waving, like the top of the tree. Imagine. So like that same distortion, like with the heat over a highway, it was right. kind of like that, but imagine that there's kind of a, a circular area over the top of the tree and where that circle crosses over the trees, the, the branches are, are rippling like, mm. I don't know, 
like I, I keep using my fingers like waving like seaweed imagine that it's like moving like seaweed yeah and I'm I'm talking to her and I'm watching this weird distortion over the tree and then this triangular craft comes out of the distortion and it was kind of like a boomerang it wasn't that large it was like maybe a little bit bigger than like a private air a little private airplane like maybe like a Cessna like nothing huge um, right. but triangular shaped and it had um some blinking lights like blue green and yellow and they're just blinking and I I'm watching it and it, it flies out from what like from out of nowhere like from over their tree and it flies over our house and it moves over toward the neighbor's house on our right and when it gets to a point above the trees on their side I don't remember seeing any distortion but it just disappears over the treetops and as it flew over my house the phone call cuts out um, really? and I actually kept the screenshot that this happens three times so it flies over me the phone cuts out my friend panics and calls back and I'm like no I just saw this thing fly over the house and as I'm talking to her about what just happened another one comes out of the same place and flies the same path over the house so it happens three times and every time they would pass over the house the call would drop and wow. it was it was weird I want to say that I don't feel like it was like extraterrestrial it seemed it didn't seem like that it seemed like something that we have maybe mm -hmm. like I don't know why I feel like that but it didn't feel otherworldly it was weird <laughs> right. it was definitely nothing I've ever seen before but it didn't feel otherworldly to me um mm. so that was and you know and I live I live near a major airport so I mean I can I know the flight paths around my house we hear planes all the time right. you know I'm near DC so you've got helicopters military news helicopter I mean there's so much air traffic around here so I'm used to all of that and this was low over, I mean this was this wasn't like way above the house this was like coming out over the treetops right. right over my roof just right there like no plane is um you know flying that low and yeah. it it I don't it wasn't totally silent but it wasn't very loud either like I knew that something was flying over, but it wasn't like a helicopter where it's just like in your face loud. Right. So it made a little bit of noise, but but I saw three. So I say UFO just because it was an unidentified flying object. I don't know what it was, some kind of aircraft. Wow. But yeah, that was, but it was, it was weird that it was kind of tied in with the, the first experience. Like I would never have gone outside if I hadn't, gone downstairs to check out you know what I thought was happening down there and then right. the it was the urge to go outside that that I don't understand like it it just defies logic you know to have a not traumatizing but a very nerve-wracking experience like that and be like yeah I'm gonna go outside now right. and then the weirdest part is that after that you know I, I get off the phone with my friend I, I make a post that everything is fine and I went in and I went to sleep immediately. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Why wouldn't I stay up half the night writing down notes or going outside to take some pictures or calling my husband or something like that? No, I go in and I lay down and I go and I don't sleep well. I don't I don't drop off to sleep immediately. But no, I went back, 
and I went right to bed. Yeah. And that's kind of the weirdest part to me is like, why would I, why would that be my response to just go to sleep? You know, that is such a common response to, I don't know why these people are like, yeah, I woke up and the devil was standing over top of me and I rolled over, went back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows why that is it a, is it a, a self-preservation thing or is it a, is it induced? You know, was I persuaded to just go to sleep? I don't know. But I was like, why would I, I woke up the next morning and I was like, what was that? Like, why did I just go to bed? Weirdo. It's like something triggers our, our fainting goat response. You know, it's just. Yeah. (laughs) I like that fainting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was my fainting goat response was I'm just going to go to sleep now. That's it. That's too much for me. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yep, it's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so we have a well, we had a lady that we called the smoking lady in our house. Uh, so same room, that same laundry room. Uh, when we first moved into the house, so I mentioned that the laundry room is underneath, like the master bath and the master bedroom. And it's an older house. So like, if you're doing something down there, like if you shut the dryer door, or you talk about, like you can hear it, you know, right. in the master bedroom. And it was, uh, we'd been in the house for maybe a month and it was a weekend. And so we're, you know, we're still lying in bed on a Saturday morning. It's like maybe seven, like it's daylight, but it's, it's not super late. And I heard a, a lady sneeze really loudly down in the, in the laundry room. Huh. And so I like, I'm, I'm kind of laying up, I'm like, oh, bless you. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> who's in my laundry room? You know, like, that's okay. That's weird. And my husband's like, did you just hear the lady sneeze in the laundry room? And, you know, we go check and there's nobody there, but it would happen a lot. Like you would hear her, sometimes she would sneeze, but mostly she would cough like a, like a, a kind of smokers sort of hacking cough. Oh, yeah. um, and it would just, it was usually around apparently seven in the morning is like a, a big time in our house. That's when a, a lot of stuff happens. I don't, I don't know why, um, but we would hear her regularly for years. And sometimes you would go down into the laundry room and you would step in and there would be like a, about a two foot circle area where you would smell cigarette smoke. Really? And it would, it would always stay in that one little area and we don't smoke, you know? And so it was just weird to walk. And it was only in that one room. You just walk in and you're like, I smell like someone has just been smoking. Um, so, so we called her the smoking lady. Wow. Um, now I mentioned that I do a lot of, I, I like there are dreams and there are dream dreams. So I feel right. like this was the one I'm going to relate feels like, like it was a dream, but I think it's related to the, to my empathic tendencies that I, you know, I feel people's emotions and intent and insincerity yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm dreaming, but in this dream, I'm not me. I am, I'm just some other lady and I am this, this makes me feel for folks with really serious depression because what she was experiencing was a, a depression so devastating that I, I've never experienced it myself. Like it was, it was awful, like so much emotional pain and sense of failure. And what she was thinking, what I was thinking was, I need to stop smoking or I'm not going to be here for my children. Oh, wow. And it was just over. And it was, I mean, I, 
I think it made me more sensitive to people who are experiencing depression or, or things like this because it's not a pain that I have felt except when I was kind of channeling her. And I, I woke up and I was, I was crying. Like I'm, my, I'm tears are running down my face and I'm like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to quit because I want to be there for my kids. Well, I don't have children and I don't smoke, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I, I would wake up and kind of come out of it. And it was all night long. Every time I went back to sleep, I was this woman and I was feeling her pain and her sense of just total failure that she couldn't stop doing this thing to be there with her kids. Yeah. And, and every time I wake up, like, you know, you wake up when you've cried a lot, I was dehydrated and my face is red and I've just been bawling all night. It was like my body hurt. Cause I, from like the sobs. And so after that happened, I was like, okay, that's, that's who that is um, yeah. down in my, in my laundry room. Hmm. And so I decided I was going to try and help her. And so this is a thing that I, I feel kind of passionately about. Like, I dislike it when people will do, like, they'll go visit a haunted site or a house and they'll, they'll, oh, there's a little girl here or there's a lady here and they're lost. And all they think about is, I'm going to get some audio. I want to get some video. We're going to spend the night. It's going to be exciting. I'm like, well, right. that's a soul. That's a person's soul that's trapped. And yeah. so I was like, I need to help. Once I figured it out, I was like, I got to help this lady. Um, now I, I do have psychic tendencies and empathic sensibilities, but like I mentioned, I don't, I don't control it. I'm not one of those people who's so gifted that I can just be like, let me get into that zone and I can see this or hear this. But I, I know that as, as a spiritual being in a physical body that I can do things. So I did some prayer and I went down and I just prayed and I asked, I kind of talked to her and I told her like, you can it's okay. You can move on and look around you. And I'm not, I wasn't hearing anything from her, but I was like, look around you and see if there's a light. And I'm, I'm praying that, that angels will come and and help her go. Um, And I I think it worked because I have never heard her since, but I think that I needed to experience her pain like that so that I could help her. And so that, again, I I feel strongly about that. Like, I, I feel like if somebody, if you, if you know that it's, a person's soul and they're stuck like you don't have to you don't have to be the most psychically gifted person in the world to help them like just yeah. pray like whatever you believe in just pray that that soul can be can be guided on yeah. and they will like maybe that's all they're waiting for is just for someone to stop trying to get a video of it you know oh right. i recorded her crying well that's great but she's still in pain <laughs> you right. know yeah. help her so, so, so I haven't ever heard her since that happened. That's that's a wonderful thing. That's a, a wonderful, you know, a wonderful thing for you to do for you to take on. You're you're obviously a thinker. Um, why do you think that they get stuck? So I think when people are, if you're so trapped in a negative emotion. So for her, that was a sense of failure. It was a, she's trapped by a negative emotion. It can be the trauma of a very sudden passing. And it's just that, again, you're a spiritual being in a physical body. And if you, if it happens so quickly or you're so entrenched in something that is not positive, it's like an anchor. Like you don't know that you're gone or maybe they do know that they're gone, but they're afraid of what comes next. 
like we have a choice. Like we are, we are beings of free will. Yes. So, you know, when your soul leaves your body, if you don't want to move on, I mean, you can, you can latch on for a while. Like eventually you're going to have to move on. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of souls stay on because they're afraid of, of what comes next. Maybe wow. they weren't the greatest person in their life. And so they, they're expecting punishment and they don't want to move on or like the smoking lady, you know, she felt like a failure. Maybe I don't feel like she knew she had passed. I feel like she was stuck in that moment of failure. Like, I think she probably died from something related to smoking, Yeah, you know, but she was just stuck in that emotion. Like it was, it was the most overwhelming sadness. I, I have at my worst never felt that wow. level of sadness but it, it gave me a whole new level of compassion so that's why i think they're stuck like it's sudden and they don't realize that they're that they're dead they're afraid or they're anchored in something negative that they just can't get past wow well I, that's again it's so wonderful that you were able to help you know help out with that kind of situation um i don't think but i've ever experienced I mean, that I think I did, I, yeah i never heard from her since so i i right. like to think yeah. that it that's that wonderful. She needed. Wow, that's good. I wish I were sensitive enough to be able to like talk to her and and you see or hear what was going on. So all I have to base it off of is I never heard her sneeze or cough again. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, well, that's my evidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, and for you, and you could feel it. You know, you you felt that yeah, there's nothing yeah. there now, right? And you don't smell yeah, the smoke yeah, anymore. So exactly, uh, you did a good thing. You did a good thing. What is there? Uh, is there anything that we missed? Did, did you have more notes? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. how long do you? I mean, I can. Yeah, I've got. I, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I'll try to. So we have. I call them the not us. Okay. Um, in my house now, like I'll hear. It's like the sounds of myself and my husband or our pets, but it's it's not us. Like all, like two days ago, literally two days ago, um, my husband was on a business trip and I'm lying in bed and I hear the sound that when he makes his own breakfast, like I hear like the baking sheet and like the the beeps on the stove. Like it's just his normal sounds. Like he's, he's right. making himself a little something for breakfast. And I'm lying in bed and I hear those sounds and I'm like, oh, but he's, he's not here. <laughs> and it, I'm so used to hearing that. Like, it's not scary. I just I'm like, oh, okay. It's the not us. It's the yeah. not him. Um, and I just kind of listened to it and it eventually just, it's like it, it kept happening, but it got further and further away. So I just listened to it, but it happens all the time. Like I'll be sitting downstairs and I'll hear someone like get off the bed wearing shoes and kind of just walk around or I'll hear my husband come up the stairs like I was literally one time in bed with the dog and I heard my husband come up the stairs and greet the dog I heard the dog greeting him but he's downstairs and the dog is next to me but it's it's that it's us it's it's all yeah. the sounds of us happening in the house but yeah so I just call them the not us like it's <sighs> it's us but not <laughs> yeah That's so that wild. happens all the time yeah it's pretty cool yeah um we have lots of animal i think they're animal spirits like a lot of the orbs that i see i think that they're animals because i'll have like uh it's the way the animals respond like the dog or the cats will react to 
something the way they react to another cat you know um my husband they like my husband for some reason he hates this like he'll be sitting at his chair at the table and he'll feel a cat playing around his feet or bumping against his chair and they're not you know not ours like there's but there's an animal playing there at his feet he's like stop he's like go bother her i don't like it (laughs) Um, there's there's a dog that will hear bark from the hallway sometimes like it's just there's just it's just animals yeah it's like there's a full-off family that's in your home oh yeah there yeah like there's yeah yeah actually like there's like a whole other family with animals living in my house and i just will hear them sometimes yeah we're occupying the same space but so i hear them a lot um, like that whole wild. other family yeah yeah that's pretty wild I, that's like it gets into the whole interdimensional theory you know that people will talk about well, yeah. you know yeah well and that's the thing i i mean i believe that there i mean there's so many dimensions and yeah. it's just there's there's a little bit of overlap yeah um like the like the points are just right to to overlap like i so imagine that you've got like, I'm gonna use my hands, like two pieces of paper that are next to each other. Like this is one dimension, like, so I'm living here and the not us are living right here. And it's real close, but imagine that they're not solid. They're like a net, like a very fine mesh net and they're next to each other. And sometimes they'll line up just right where they line up, they're perfectly in sync and things can move through. And there's just infinite dimensions all next to each other. And so all of these weird things that happen, like it's, they're not imaginary, like they're, they're literally happening. They're just happening right. one or two dimensions over. And when conditions are just right, you see it or you hear it or you feel it. And so it's not, it's not some, it's not happening in some faraway place. It's, right. it's right next to me. It's, it's right here. I'm just not seeing it right now. Like, you know, you're practically on top of each other. It's just, yep it's it's cool yeah so that's that's exactly what i think it is i don't think it's i think there's residual hauntings but right. i think a lot of the sentient hauntings are it's just a, a often another dimension or something like like the smoking lady like she was almost in our dimension you know like she's flickering in and out like she's in that one that's right next to it but she's holding on a little bit so she phases in and out like she kind of moves on to the next one but then she's in hours and so when i'm hearing her cough or i'm feeling her that's when that mesh lines up and it's just right for me to be able to hear her experience her until she moves on to that next one like she had like a foot in both worlds i guess yeah Yeah, that's a good way to explain it yeah that makes sense wow well see like i said i have questions written down and as you go you you line them out for me. Like I had questions I hear, like, does it still happen? Obviously it does. All the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had, I had one other question was, uh, and I, I don't think it even needs to be asked because I, I don't know, but because you said it, you do have a family history of this. So I had a question mm-hmm. I hear from, you know, from the start that did you have any near death experiences as a child? that might've opened you up to receive this kind of stuff because sometimes that's, you know, that's when the light gets turned on. For a lot of people, that's that jump start. Yeah, I did not. I did not have anything like that. I feel like some people dive in 
like head first and I think that's like kind of a near-death thing mine was like I kind of dabbled my toe in and the next thing I know I'm like it's up to my knees <laughs> you know so I'm, I'm like going like shallow in to deep end I think right. so I, I didn't just fall into it I I sort of eased my way in right yeah that like I was good. always in the pool <laughs> always in the pool <laughs> These have been absolutely wonderful. It so gives I me have, something to, to think on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you got more? Oh, yeah. Well, I've one more that I think I would talk yeah. about. Um, so, so I'm just looking at my note. So same thing, um, lying in bed one morning. And I think my husband was already up. And again, it's like 7 a.m., 7, 7.30, which for some reason is the magic hour in my house. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at the wall at the foot of the bed. And, you know, when you're kind of, you're not fully awake or asleep, you're kind of just like, you're thinking about what, what you're going to do that day. Like I'm in, I'm in that mode and I'm looking at the wall. And as I, as I focus on the wall, I start to see writing like, and it wasn't any writing that I recognized, but like every available surface, like any, any part of the wall that wasn't covered by the dresser or, or the television um, on the wall and on the closet doors like in perfect rows with, I don't really think there were any breaks in it, but it's just symbols, like it's writing. And if I kind of let my focus go, like if I, I kind of fade a little bit, they, they jump into focus. And at the time I wasn't, some part of me was like, I don't, whatever this is, I don't think I'm ready for it. Um, and like, just that I would start, I would know that I was on the verge of being able to understand it. I would, I would pull back. And I would start to think about it. And so part of me wishes that I had let it happen, but I'm, I'm watching, it happened like several times. And finally I'm looking at those letters and I know that I'm on the verge of being able to read it. And kind of in my head, I just said, I don't think I'm ready for whatever this is. Yeah. And they just went away. And so I, now I kind of regret it. Cause I'm like, what did it say? <laughs> I want to yes. know what it said. You can't, um, you can't but I also know you have to be ready for things. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I probably listened to somebody and on so many podcasts going, why didn't you take, why didn't you ask? Yeah. Why didn't you do this? And I'm like, well, I, I get it. Cause I, I did the same thing. I just was like, I'm, I'm not ready for it. And again, you got, I think you've got to be ready for the information. Like if it's too soon, it's not going to do you any good, but when it's time for it, yeah, it's time for it. And I, I don't know if I chickened out or if I really wasn't ready, but as soon as I said I wasn't ready for whatever that was, it just stopped. Really? That's... Yeah. No. I don't know what it was going to say, but it covered everything. It covered the whole wall. So that's, like, that's like a cliffhanger, you know, like cool. if the day comes and this happens again and you're and you're froze. ready, you'll, you'll have to uh, get a hold of me and let me know. Did, did it freeze up? What happened? Well, I know that ended abruptly, but um, we lost all video and all that connection. So we'll have to continue next week. Okay. Uh, thanks for watching. I, I, It doesn't happen very often anymore, but, you know, I think we left off on a pretty good spot. 
And there is another hour worth of conversation coming to you next week. All right. So let me know what you think. Uh, leave comments. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please, uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts at. Uh, let's get involved in the community. The Bump Hotline, 304-812-0553. That's the bump phone. Shoot me a text. Leave me a voicemail. Let's get you on the show. Um, just join the join the community on there, okay? I look forward to hearing from you. God bless, and I'll see you next week. Don't stop believing. One thing real quick. If you stay after the credits, you know, after the outro, uh, then you already know that I play a couple of songs. Uh, Bluegrass Gospel at Heart uh, is the band that sings these songs. That they just feel really special to me. Um, I wanted to share it with everybody, and I cannot tell you how big of a response I've had over the last year about these guys. Um, it's the response has been overwhelming. You can find them on Facebook, they still sell CDs. So, if you're interested in getting a CD of them, you know, you can contact their Facebook page, it's Bluegrass Gospel at Heart. Um, I'm not affiliated with these guys in any way, other than we both you know, have been to the same churches several times, you know, we're both brothers in Christ. Um, but I just, I wanted to share this music because it touches me. And I've had, you know, a handful of people ask me if I could put out a copy on, you know, at the end of the show that was not filmed live at the revival. So that's what I've done. Uh, it's still not a perfect copy because I, I played it off of my CD so, uh, you know, if, if you want that, that clear, crisp version, you know, you can order their CD from them. Just go to their Facebook page and send them a message and they'll, they'll ship it out to you. But I did include a, a version on this episode and I'll play it from here out. Unless, you know, unless you guys want the live version, I'll play this version from here out on the end of the show. So please stay tuned, listen to it and let me know what you think. All right. God bless. that's it for this week guys thanks for listening if you want more content if you want to submit your own story to be on the show if you want to listen to past episodes or if you want to donate to the show you can do all of that through the bumppodcast.com so just go there uh, explore the website check it all out if you want to sign up to be a member it's super cheap it's just a dollar 75 a week you can cancel at any time get in on uh all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless. Who is that yonder in the distance With his garment white and snow With a voice that sounds Walking on the street of gold His appears is like lightning Sitting high upon his throne Has ten thousand times ten thousand Say we find made it
Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lamb forevermore. Praise the holy name of Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. In that city. There's a river flowing from God's holy throne Where the tree of life is blooming Where the hat has not been full No more tears in that bright city Death will have to flee away. No more sickness, no more heartaches in that land a perfect day. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again to start a new life as a child of God to join God's army to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
I recall when I was young all the wicked things that I've done and then one night on my knees I pray I ask the Lord for some better days Yes I You'll be living 
Hey.